What does it mean to live differently? Hi, I'm Jenna. Welcome to the Simple Home Podcast. The real reason behind this podcast is to encourage you to live differently. In a society that tells us that more is better and busy is to be expected, I want to give you permission and tips and tricks to help you create a simpler home, simpler days, and cherished moments. Each week, we'll talk about decluttering, organizing, and managing a home. We'll talk about thriving in motherhood, slowing down, and cherishing the journey. Most importantly, we'll have real conversations with real moms who are choosing to live differently and finding joy in motherhood. Take the first step to simplifying your motherhood and head over to athomewithkids.com forward slash resources to find a free resource that's perfect for you in the season that you're in. And stick with me each week as we dive into these topics together. Well, hey there, welcome to another episode of the Simple Home Podcast. In case we haven't met before, my name is Jenna and I am so thrilled you are here this week. This week, I got to interview Lindsay. She is the author of Positive Parenting Framework and also the host of the podcast, Parenting with Lindsay, along with so many other areas where she just teaches this concept and the strategies behind positive parenting. I was so excited to get to interview her because I'm always looking for ways to parent my kids in a way that's just going to, you know, raise them into successful and happy and healthy and not just healthy physically, but mentally and just capable adults. And so I feel like I've been drawn to this concept of positive parenting, but to be 100% honest, I'm not always practicing the things that I wish I was. And so just these simple reminders from other moms and especially experts in the field of just, you know, we're all doing the best we can And especially in the moment when things are really, really hard or in different seasons of parenting and just a reminder that it's just hard, but getting some new strategies and some new tools for us to utilize to help build those connections and hopefully raise raise the kids as we want them to be raised, right? And to remember the big picture. So Lindsay gives us a wealth of information. I had so much fun with this chat and it kind of just took so many different turns than what I had originally planned for, which was amazing. So she, she taught me a ton. I know she's going to teach you a ton. So I hope you just grab onto whatever's going to work for you. And also just a simple reminder that, you know, everybody has different values and, boundaries and ways that they want to parent their their children. And so if positive parenting hasn't been of interest to you, I still encourage you to listen to this episode because we can all gain some kind of insight that's going to work from us from hearing even when somebody parents in different ways than we do. So I truly enjoyed this and just took away so much. So enjoy enjoy the episode. Make sure to check her out, especially if you are really drawn to the way way she teaches and all of that. Check out her book. I will make sure to link all those things in the show notes. All right, here's my interview with Lindsay. Well, hey there, Lindsay. Welcome to the Simple Home Podcast. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. I am really excited to chat with you today. Yeah, absolutely. So before we dive in, tell my audience a little bit about yourself and what you do. Sure. Um, well, my name is Lindsay and I am a mom of two little ones. I have an eight-year-old and a five-year-old and I homeschool them. And what I do, um, why I'm here is I help moms get their kids to listen without yelling threats, bribes, all of those 
um, things that we don't want to be doing, but we often find ourselves still, still doing and in the pattern of doing. So I help them really break, break their pattern. So the, the umbrella of positive parenting, um, and with a lot of compassion and a lot of grace for errors, I'll say errors, but just evolving as a parent and not, not putting the pressure on to be perfect all the time. Yeah. I really love that. And I was so excited when you reached out to me because I think that we often feel all this pressure, right. To do everything perfectly. And we see, you know, one person doing it this way and one person doing it this way. And we're trying to like grasp at straws kind of. And so I just love the framework of positive parenting. Um, I have had a few other guests on the show about positive parenting and it's always received so well. And I think that the more we can hear these little tips and tricks, we can find the ones that really work for us. And, and it's okay to let go of the ones that don't, like you're saying, just as we evolve and our kids evolve and, um, all of that. So I'm really excited to have you on as well. Can you kind of start by just telling us how you describe positive parenting, like what it is, what it's not? Sure. Um, so let's start with what it's not. Um, it's not punishment. It's not yelling, threats, bribes, timeouts, even um, spankings, anything involving coercion, blame, shame, pain, all of those things. A lot of p- people are surprised to also um, hear that it doesn't involve um, rewards or bribes. Um, and it's also not permissive. So, I mean, that kind of takes away a lot of our you know, traditional parenting tools, but basically it's um, built around this idea that um, kids do better when they feel better and a child does not need to suffer to learn. So if you think of all of the behavior, our kids, um, you know, we see in our kids, maybe they're tantruming in the younger years, maybe they're name calling, they're reacting, they're, you know, upset that someone took a toy or something from them. Um, It's because they lack the skills to problem solve and, you know, for conflict negotiation and communication. So they are learning those skills over a long period of time. And, um, and when we look at it, like they are learning a skill, we can see that they're, they're just struggling and we need to help teach them how to do those things over the long term. So that's the gist of how I see positive parenting. Yeah, that's awesome. I have always um, kind of been under the same mindset of, you know, that it's really just about teaching and learning. Um, being a teacher, I think I'm better at it in the classroom sometimes than I am at home with my own children, which I hate to admit, but I think it's true. I think I give them a little bit more grace and a little more patience. Um, so I do like that reminder just to remember that we're really just teaching our kids how to get along in this world, right? They're not doing anything wrong or most of the time they're not even doing it purposefully. You know, they're just, they're just kids learning just like we are. So, and I love that you just said that it's, it's almost easier for you in the classroom versus your own kids, because you're we are so emotionally attached to our own kids and we are in it and we are, it is personal and we have a vested interest in sort of an outcome. And if they're behaving poorly, it's a reflection on how we're parenting or we feel it's a reflection on how we're parenting. So it is. So even with my own kids, like they trigger me, they bring out, they bring out my insecurities. And I really feel like our kids are our teachers just as much as we are, here teaching them because they're forcing us to 
face our insecurities, to face our fears in many respects. And just like, they pull out these like deep, dark things in us that we want, we would rather just have buried, (laughs) buried down inside of us. (laughs) Yeah, that is so true. And sometimes, you know, when I'm listening to my kids talk to each other, I'm like, oh no, they are talking to their siblings that way because I was talking to them that way. Like, and, and here I am telling them, no, don't treat, don't treat them that way. Don't say that, you know? And it's yeah. like, you're, you're afraid because you're rubbing off on them <laughs> a little bit. Yes. So. <laughs> it's always fun when they use your own words or your own strategies back at you. And it's, uh, it's quite telling sometimes. <laughs> yes. Yes. It very much is. There's weeks where I'm like, I wasn't patient enough this week, just based on that exact yeah. thing, like how my kids are treating each other <laughs> for sure. So you have kind of developed your own framework for this to help parents. Can you tell me what that is and how that works um, yeah. on something as complex as, as parenting is? Yeah. yeah. And, you know, one of the things I've really struggled with over the years is there seems to be, and, and I'd love to hear your feedback on this too. Um, when I hear parenting experts talk, it's kind of like they have their approach and it's kind of like they have their way of doing things. Or if you don't follow this prescribed way of doing it, then you're screwing up our kids or your kids. And for me, I always really struggled with that one size fits all parenting model. And for me, parenting is very complex. All of our kids are so different. We, we, as parents are coming to the relationship with our kids, with all of our own um, you know, past experiences, beliefs about how parenting should be, um, all of our own insecurities. So there's all these nuances to the relationship. And I really, um, one of the things I do really well is take complex issues and, and figure out how to deal with them, how to come up with a solution. What are the next logical steps? And so the framework is really to help you figure out what the next steps are or how to handle the situation in a way that aligns with how you want to parent and in your, within your, you know, family values, within your boundaries, um, and all of those things. So if you imagine, like, say you're dealing, you say that you have this reoccurring issue with your kids, not wanting to tidy up as an example, and every night it it feels like a battle. You try being patient, you try asking nicely, and then you end up yelling and it, and then they jump up and, and do it. So say you have a, a, a reoccurring scenario like that when we're in it every night, it's really hard to figure out how to change and what needs to be changed. Cause maybe we're exhausted. Maybe we're out of patience. We're emotional. We're just like, I don't understand what I need to say. I just need this done. So what the framework basically does is if you imagine someone taking a picture and, you know, putting it in a frame and you can observe it from a completely different perspective. So it really helps you look at your child and what's going on with them in the situation from a different perspective. Um, It also gives you the ability to assess sort of what you've done to, you know, because parenting is about the relationship there. It's a two way street and in all cases. So you always play a role. And sometimes it's hard to see the role that you're playing until you can step back out and observe it. So once we, we can do that as part of the framework, um, then we can sort of assess 
what's going on, what's motivating our child, what, what's going on with us and triggering us. And then we can figure out what to tweak. And then we go back in and we try it with, um, the understanding that we might have to try a few things in order to figure out something that works. And that's part of the process. So it's not, it's not this find the perfect strategy and it'll work and it'll work every time. And it's all done. It's really this, the framework is really a process to help you understand what is going on and how to shift it from an observer perspective. And then you go back in and, and you try again. Yeah. I love that idea. I think that that's often what I tell my kids to do. So I don't know why that doesn't register always with me to like step away from the situation, right? If you're too mad or you're too upset to figure it out, you know, go take a little break, figure it out, look at it, you know, once you're calm and those types of things. So I love the idea of just getting a new perspective and even just a new time of day on it. Cause like you said, the end of the day is not the best time to deal with issues for most of us, right? Much better earlier. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. There's a lot of, there's a lot of, uh, issues and stresses that come at sort of like that dinner time, dinner time, evening hour, because we're just, everyone's exhausted. Yeah. And I think we have to remember that about our kids too, that that's not their easiest time of day either. They're exhausted too. They've been working all day, just like us, different kind of work, but it's still work, whether it's play because they're toddlers or they're going to school all day or they're homeschooled or, you know, all those things are take a toll on them as well. So I think that's that's a hard. Well, hard well and, and yeah, and and if we have kids that I mean are, that are in school in particular, like they're dealing with all of their friends and their teachers and everything at school, and then they get home and they're taught they're not only tired but they're also like in a safe place where they can let it out. And sometimes that time of day um, is a particularly challenging time because our kids are just kind of releasing all the stresses of the day in a place that they feel safe. And you're just like, what? like, what is happening? Like, I hear you're this perfect little angel at school and you get home and like, like, it's just a disaster, but it's, um, yeah, it's a safe place. So there's, there's the exhaustion and there's just like the, the letting go of some things at the end of the day that just kind of complicate, complicate our evening sometimes. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And all that input that they receive all day long, you know, from friends, like you're saying, or teachers or us. And then we just give them more when they get home, right? Did you do this? Put this away, do this, you know? So yeah, absolutely. And and in the morning too, you know, I think those two from, from what I hear from parents, those two times a day seem to be the times a day that they're the most stressful, whether they're trying to get out the door to go to work or get their kids to school, or even if you're staying at home and have little babies, you know, getting everybody up and ready, getting yourself up and ready, trying to find some time for yourself to get ready. All of those things are stressful as well. So I I just think that's such a good thing to remember is that maybe it's the time of day that's causing the confrontation more so than, you know, the actual thing you're asking them to do. So being able to step back and, and picture it like it's in a frame, I think that's a really great reminder. Yeah. So you say that all misbehavior is miscommunication and that our children are trying to tell us something when they act out. How do we know that they're what they're saying? Um, Because it's definitely not always obvious, right? (laughs) Yes. No. Um, And, and taking the, like using a framework, it definitely helps. And I, you know, in, in my um, program, my parenting mastery program, and in my book, um, I definitely teach you how to like 
assess behavior and, or like understand it and interpret it. But the framework really helps put you into that observer more observer mode and understand that, you know, there's what we see from our kids is not really what's going on. There's always a deeper issue. There's always, um, an emotion being expressed. There's always this, um, root cause that we need to look for. Um, and sometimes it's just as simple as like, they need attention and, and understanding that attention is a basic need of all human beings. And some people need more attention than others. Um, and, and the need for attention really comes from a place of, I feel like I matter most when you're paying attention to me. So that inner, um, like the, the root root cause would be like, I don't feel like I matter right now. I don't feel connected to you, or I feel disconnected with you. And I'm going to do whatever it takes to feel more connected to you, to feel like I belong, to feel like I matter. So it's understanding those layers in many ways and, and being able to observe and take take a step back and take your emotions out of it, which is really hard when it is the end of the day and we are at our, are not at our best self. Um, but being able to step into the observer mode or role and understand that the behavior is never an isolated incident in time. There's always a before during and after, like it's almost like a movie scene being played out rather than just a hit or a name call or whatever it is. So, Um, It's just, it's becoming aware of how to stay calm and regulate yourself in order to then understand what is motivating your child to act out. Yeah, absolutely. So I have often heard in positive parenting that us as parents, but also teaching kids this, that we should learn to use that gap between like the before and the during and the after, right? Like that pause, there's always like that moment in there where you get to make the decision. And sometimes it's like the size of a gnat. And sometimes, you know, you have a little bit longer before you react. Yes. Um, Is that something that you also teach? And if not, it's totally okay. I just remember hearing this concept and it kind of hit me when you said the before, during and after. And if so, is that something, how can we utilize that as parents and help our kids with that as well? Yeah. So it is something that I teach and really, you know, when I say I teach moms how to get their kids to listen without yelling threats or bribes, there's really two pieces of it. It's understanding how to get your kids to listen and what's motivating them, but it's also understanding how to regulate yourself enough to not slip into yelling or threats or whatever it is that you default to that you don't want to be defaulting to in those stressful moments. So we want to become really aware of obviously our triggers and our reactions. And sometimes that's sitting down and journaling. Sometimes that's just taking a pause after the fact. Sometimes that's saying, okay, before I resort to yelling in this circumstance, I'm going to try this one thing first. I'm going to try myself. Maybe it's taking a couple of deep breaths. Maybe you have two things, one or two things written down on your fridge to remind you, okay, try this strategy because you can't always think of the things in the moment, in the heat of the moment. Um, one of my um, favorite things to do if you're finding sort of your anger level rising is just to cover your mouth with both hands and just silently scream into your hands. And it's amazing how 
effective something like that can be because you kind of like get your aggression out, but you're not taking it out on your kids. So um, the more I, and I really believe, you know, our kids are always watching us. And I believe that we, we, in many ways, the best way to teach our kids is to lead by example. So being able to do those strategies, um, like yelling silently into your hands or taking some breaths, or even just saying, okay, mommy's going to go into the other room. It's not because I don't love you. It's just, I need to calm down. Cause I don't want to say something I'm going to regret. Um, so modeling that behavior and then talking to your kids, even, even, um, after the fact about what you did or when you didn't do it, just say, wow, I really like snapped and I'm going to, I'm going to try to do, I'm going to try to take some breaths next time to calm myself down. Um, because our kids can learn so much from not just how well we're doing things, but when we make mistakes, they're really, really great teaching opportunities because our kids need to know that it's okay not to be perfect. Right. I think I'm just such a huge proponent in just over communicating to our kids and just telling them what's going on, just like you're explaining. And I always tell parents that when I'm talking about decluttering, like just explain why it's benefiting you and they'll get on board eventually. And if they don't, that's fine. Maybe they don't see the benefit of it, but they at least see why it benefits you. And I think the same thing is true just in every area of our lives. Just explain exactly how you're feeling, how you're thinking, because we can't always teach it to them because we don't always know, but if we're just, you know, talking and explaining it, I think there's so much power in that. Like you said. Yeah. And they learn so much from, from that dialogue and hearing your perspective, and then you can hear what their thoughts are on it too. And, and maybe in some cases you come up with a strategy together. Like if they're struggling to like, if they're always reacting to their brother or sister, then taking them aside and, And, you know, in a calm moment saying, okay, I noticed this is happening and it's not fun for you. It's not fun for anyone. Have you noticed, like, how are you feeling in these moments and what is it you think you need or what would help you, um, to stop doing that or what, yeah, what's one thing that you can do. And you can even make a list for them or they can make a list or, you know, for little kids, it can be, um, I did this when my daughter, I think my my son was just like a baby and she was a toddler and she was getting upset when he was, you know, he was crawling and moving around and taking her things. And we just took some pictures. Like she had some ideas of like, okay, she can go snuggle a stuffed animal and she's upset or whatever. And we, then we took pictures of her doing all those things. And then she can just, you know, consult her chart where like, okay, I want to choose one of these calming activities. So there's different ways your kids can participate and, and come up help be part of the solution. Like we don't always have to come up with the the solution as parents. And there's different ways you can do that from toddlers all the way. I mean, obviously it becomes a little bit um, of a different conversation with older kids, but still a conversation and still they can be part of the solution. Yeah. I always love when somebody comes on and tells me that I don't have to have all the answers. So I really like that because that is, that is what stresses us out, right? We think, okay, we're supposed to do this perfect right now. My toddler is on the ground in the grocery store and every parent's looking at me because they're flailing their arms and screaming and knocking the macaroni boxes off the thing, you know, and I'm supposed to have the right answer. Whereas sometimes it's okay to just like pick them up and leave the location and figure out what an answer might work and go back and tell them you're sorry if you totally messed up and screamed at them or, you know, whatever it is, because yeah. And, and those are have the answers. Those are, <laughs> and, and those are perfect responses. Like we, what we don't, there's too many, 
curveballs being thrown at us in parenting to have the solution or that perfect strategy or like know exactly what to do. That's just a really unrealistic expectation. Yet we expect it of ourselves. And we're like kind of a deer, like a deer in the headlights sometimes. Cause we're like, uh, I have no idea how to handle this, but I know I need to do something <laughs> and that's yeah. okay. That's okay. Yeah, it is. And we all as parents too need to give give other parents some grace in situations like that, you know, because I don't think we realize it until we have our own kids. Right. We, I love that quote when people say like, I was a really good parent before I had children because yes. right? we judged them all. We're like, Oh, I'll never take my kid to McDonald's three times in one day or I'll never, <laughs> you know, but the truth is we're going to do what we need to do to survive and love our kids the best we can in those moments. And so, yeah, I think we have to remember too to give, give those parents some grace too. When we're like, they don't know what they're doing. Well, neither do I most of the time. So yeah, exactly. No, exactly. Yeah. So, um, you talk about not adding more things to our parenting tool belts and instead just understanding a few basic concepts and trying to master those. Can you kind of help us with those things? Absolutely. Um, we talked a little bit, um, about that. Um, I just, I feel like there's so many, um, tips and tricks and tools and strategies and, um, almost like these band-aid solutions or these cute little solutions that are supposed to work. We're promised they'll work every time, (laughs) you know, it will end, uh, end tantrums and three simple steps. Um, and they're all like, there, there's a lot of really good advice, but I feel like it's really missing the bigger picture. It's missing sort of understanding what that root cause is. It's missing, um, that we have different values and part of, you know, figuring out how to handle our kids is understanding kind of the higher purpose of what we're doing, what skills we're trying to teach our kids, or, um, like say we're getting, trying to get our toddler to, um, I'm using a lot of toddler examples because I, I've taught a lot of toddler classes. <laughs> um, but, um, the, like you're getting your toddler to brush their teeth and they don't want to brush their teeth. Well, it's going to seem like a really hard battle if you're going in there thinking like, Oh, I have to get my toddler to brush their teeth. But if you come in understanding the higher purpose of what you're doing might be to teach them to take care of their bodies, to respect their bodies, um, good oral hygiene, you're respecting your health and that higher purpose. When we can focus on that, then we can sit through kind of the tantrums or the resistance because it, it just helps center us. Um, in what, why, in, in the why behind what it is we're doing. So there's, and then it's about training our kids like, okay, so we have this, you know, in the example of tidying up, how do you want your kids to, how do you want them to respond when they don't want to do what you want, want them to do? How do you want them to handle conflict? So it's really about understanding a few concepts and becoming really good at understanding, okay, in this situation, it's actually a boundary that I'm kind of been wishy-washy on. Sometimes I let them keep toys out. Sometimes I don't. And, you know, any, depending on the night is like the rules change. So sometimes it's understanding that's a boundary issue. Sometimes it's like they're it's the, the end of the day and they're exhausted and they just can't handle any more inputs or, or someone else telling them what to do. So it's almost these categories of thoughts that we want to become really good or these, these, um, 
yeah, these, they're like categories rather than the strategies to help train your kids or help, you know, um, get your kids to, um, I'll say, get your kids to listen, but like the quick, it's not about the quick fixes. It's understanding the motivations, the boundaries, what it is you're trying to teach them. So it's the categories of thoughts over the boundaries. And I hope I made some sense. there. (laughs) Yeah, no, you definitely did. And I, I often go back to this story. So I have a, a very stubborn youngest child. He's six now and he gives us a run for our money most days, you know, but he's also like so full of joy 99% of the time. So it's the 1% of the time when we are, you know, trying to figure out what in the world to do. Yeah. And I remember when he was young, he was, I want to say it was brushing his teeth, but I'm not sure if I'm remembering that just because you just said that, but we had something that was a fight every single night. And I remember a friend told me, she was like, why don't you just make it a game and laugh with him and, and just have fun when he starts screaming, make a joke, put your toothbrush in your mouth, you know? And I literally thought in my head, I was like, no way. I don't want to have fun in that moment. I want to get him to brush his teeth. Right. Like I'm thinking, no, I'm too mad at that moment to like give into this giggles. But the very next night, you know, he did his thing and I was like, okay, I'm going to do it. And we did like dinosaur teeth and we did all those things we know how to do when we're happy in parenting and we're nice and we're calm and all of those things. And it was like a miracle. The next night he was like, let's go brush our teeth, you know? And I was thinking we have to sometimes just let go of our own. I don't know if it's not necessarily anger, but just those blocks that we have where we're like, we're going to get them to do this. And like you say, thinking about the bigger purpose was I just wanted him to brush his teeth. You know, I don't Uh, even care when he does it. It could be an hour before bedtime or right before bedtime. Maybe I need to give him a choice. Um, But sometimes we're just as stubborn, right. As our children are. And so we fight these battles that, that don't need to be fought. Well, and I love that you just said that because one of the categories that I missed was about us and what is going on inside of us. And I, and what you just described there that almost need to, to win or like, like almost show him that like, you know, you're in charge, you're going to listen and you're just going to be like sort of stern about it. Um, that's a, that's a, um, classic indication that it's a power struggle. And if you can just release the power, like you did with the giggles, like, and you just kind of let go of that need to win. And then it just kind of resolves. And that is beautiful that that, and then you feel really silly. You're right. Right. You're like, I was trying to beat a (laughs) two-year-old, you know, but that's not really what you mean to do. I think we just, like you said, in the very beginning, we can't step back from the situation until we actually step back from the situation. So when we're in it, we're like, nope, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to get this kid to brush his teeth and that's it. We're not having fun. We are going to get it done. And yes. it. <laughs> so, yeah. And, and honestly, I have not had an issue brushing his teeth since then. So it is like, if I can just remember that same thing in the morning, getting him out the door is like, it is horrible. And the mornings I'm frustrated. I am no good. And then the mornings where I remember, I'm like, let's race to the car. Let's, you know, just pull out some of those little fun things. And then you're all happier. So it's, it is like you won if you actually do that. So yeah. Well, and when we're in a calmer, happier state, we're able to remember those things like, but versus like when we're agitated, when we're overwhelmed, when we're stressed ourselves, like our brain just isn't functioning that way. It's not searching for solutions. This is like commanding and like, like, okay, we got to get this done. We have to go like, like we're in a rush and we're, we're not, we're not able to think 
creatively in those moments. And when we can start to recognize that and put in, you know, some strategies, I guess, in place for ourselves um, and reminders for ourselves to, you know, we might um, you spend like a minute or two playing with something like that, but it's going to save us 10 minutes in fights. And we forget, and we tend to forget that <laughs> in the moment yeah. sometimes. Yeah, we do. It's easy to forget and even not so forget, but sometimes I remember and I still am like in my stubborn zone of I'm yeah. going to do this. And I have to remember that, you know, what I'm fighting is his stubbornness, which obviously I gave him. So <laughs> I, need to, I need to step back in and do that. The other thing about that is, and when we talked about like over communicating and just telling them, I think it's so valuable if we remember to go back and say, we're sorry to our kids, because we're trying to teach them and not necessarily because we did something wrong, because I don't think any of this is wrong. I think we're all learning as parents, like you said, but, but just going in and saying that wasn't how I wanted that to go. (laughs) I'm sorry. It went that way more so than, and that way they learn that with their siblings or friends or or whatever too, you know, just to just be honest with our kids. Right. Yeah. 100%. They need to learn that it's okay to make mistakes. It's okay to even, even if you were doing something intentionally wrong, because you were just in an irritable mood, like they're going to do that as kids too. And, and it's not a sign of weakness to say, I'm sorry. Like if that's, if you want your kids to say sorry, after they've done something wrong, you better be modeling that. Like that is my perspective at least. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. The more modeling we can do. Right. And and the mess ups, I mean, it's, it's a totally good learning for them that, that that's how we learn. We have to mess up to learn. We have to fail at stuff. We have to like totally screw up and, and then we learn and we do a little bit better hopefully. So. Yeah, exactly. That's the entire process of parenting. And life and life in general, actually. (laughs) Yeah. But if we can use some of these positive parenting um, strategies that you've taught us, I feel like we can kind of move the needle a little bit quicker just in ourselves of knowing, okay, this is what triggers me. This is why my kids are responding this way and really trying to get to those root causes. Like you talked about, I think, you know, in those, those heated moments, at least we have that to remind ourselves of like, this isn't a battle. This isn't me trying to win. This is more about me trying to do X, Y, and Z with him. What do I want him to know by the end of this, you know, this time right now, is it, you know, how to get his shoes on in time for us to get out the door? And if so, how can I make that happen? Do we start earlier? Do I give him, you know, whatever it is, but I just love that. Well, that with these strategies, you're teaching us that we can kind of think through those things outside of the time when we're so, so rattled and overwhelmed. Yeah. And then just take steps in the direction that you want like think of that end goal that you're trying to achieve and just take some steps. Don't try to jump to the end in one foul sloop, just take some steps in in that direction and then adjust as needed. It's yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I don't know if you found positive parenting before your kiddos were born or, or just after or what, but you know, my audience is always dying for like just simplicity, simplifying parenthood, simplifying simplifying anything really. Do you feel like positive parenting has simplified motherhood for you? And if so, in what ways? Um, I definitely think, so I found positive parenting when my, my daughter was probably about three and my son close to one, maybe, but before that. And I, for me, it's about 
the long-term. So maybe some of the short-term stuff works just as effective as some of, you know, the more traditional strategies or, or maybe even less, I don't know. Cause I haven't used a lot of those strategies. Um, but what I am intentionally trying to do with positive parenting, and I think what all of us are intentionally trying to do is being respectful of our kids and taking care of their emotions and, um, treating them as individual human beings and the skills that they are learning and that we are building in them is I believe serving them over the long term. And I do see that playing out with my with my kids when they're suggesting calm down strategies to me or they're, you know, I'm upstairs and they're I can feel I can hear the fight starting and then it resolves itself um, or they resolve that I can hear them negotiating. So it's about the long term for me, it's about the long term skills and teaching them um, how to show up um, in relationships with other human beings. Um, because ultimately I don't want them to have to rely on me. Um, so, so, so I believe over the long term it's simpler. I don't know if in the moment it, it is always simpler. Yeah. Well, and simpler doesn't necessarily mean easy, right? It just means that like it simplifies what we think about or, or how we go about it or that sort of thing. So I could definitely yeah. see that. And you're right. It's, it's a long-term game. It's not like just behavior today. We want them to be, you know, just great humans. And, and so I think that's, that's definitely great. Now I'm going to throw this question out there. Um, what if you have a spouse or a partner or a co-parent that totally doesn't see this as the viable option? Do you coach that parent that does to maybe continue with these strategies and, how, how do you go about that? Because I know that I have lots of listeners who ask me that a lot. Like I believe this, but I can't get my partner on board or, you know, I co-parent and we just can't see eye to eye in this. Yeah. That's a very common challenge among parents um, because we come from these different backgrounds. And oftentimes when we're in a relationship with um, our spouse or significant other, we almost balance each other out. We, we see things on kind of I don't want to say completely opposite ends of the spectrum, but we don't always see eye to eye. And that's why we, in many ways, chose them um, with um, there's a couple of things. So I believe that modeling. Uh, so if, if there's one of you that wants to use positive parenting and the other one doesn't, that I believe is okay because you are in a relationship with your child and you get to decide how that relationship goes and you can still have um a, you know, the positive parenting type of relationship with your child and your spouse doesn't have to. Um, now that's likely going to create some tension in your relationship. And if they're open to discussing with you, you know, that higher purpose or what it is they're trying to achieve through their parenting. So oftentimes when we find what, what I have noticed that is that um, one parent tends to um, want to do things more gently because they're worried that if they're too strict, then, um, you know, their child's emotions aren't taken care of They're um, they're going to screw them up somehow they're, um, they don't want to be mean to their kid. Like there's, there's, um, they're worried about damaging the relationship. So there's some fear there. And on the other end, the, the 
the parent who wants to be more strict and firm, they're often afraid of what happens. Like they don't want to just let their kid get away with it. They think that, you know, if they're not strict, they're just letting their kid get away with it. And maybe they don't, they're really worried that if that's the case, they're going to raise this spoiled entitled little brat. And, and so there's, if you're able to talk to your spouse about like their fears and what it is, that's kind of driving them. Um, and what it is you're trying to achieve with your kids. So are you trying to, um, you know, in terms of conflict negotiation, you have save two kids and they're fighting like long-term, how do you want, how do you want, you know, them as adults to handle conflict? And you can, you might be able to find some common ground with your spouse as you're talking through some of those things and then work backwards in terms of like, okay, how do we teach this over time? But I don't think it ever, I don't think it serves anyone to try to necessarily convince the other person or tell them how to parent. If you can, um, and this is really hard because it's so personal in your, in your marital relationship and, and in, in with your parents, but if you can come at their resistance with curiosity about what is driving them to parent the way they want to, or what is um, driving them to resist how it is you're parenting and you are genuinely curious about understanding, not necessarily with a purpose of convincing them out of it, but just understanding um, that can go a long way to just opening up the discussion and the dialogue and having room to um, perhaps come up with either some middle ground or a better understanding of what each other is trying to do and their insecurities and their fears. Yeah. I love that. So basically you're like telling us to use positive parenting with our partner. If absolutely (laughs) (laughs) communication and coming at it with curiosity and looking for the root cause, I think you're right. I mean, that's exactly how we should handle all conflicts. Right. And so it should be the same, the same in either event. Well, I want to end by asking you a question that I ask all my guests on the podcast, which is if you could grab a busy mom by the shoulders, look her straight in the eyes and tell her one thing, what would it be? This one's hard because I have definitely been that busy mom and I'm trying to work myself out of being that busy mom. And one thing I have learned is that busy is a habit. And I didn't understand that when I was working full-time and two kids at, you know, school and daycare, different locations. And I was running around, I was doing my business and I was sprinting through life. And I was like, if only something, if only I wasn't working full-time, then I wouldn't feel this stressed and rushed and busy. And then when I stopped working full-time, I was still stressed and rushed and busy because it was just, I just transferred it to something else. So I, I would want to take her and say, you don't, this is a habit that you've developed and is it serving you? Is this how, is this the life that you want to be? Is this the life that you want to be living? And I say that as someone who felt like they were sprinting through life. And I realized that was not, I, I was missing, I was missing all the fun moments because I was too busy trying to get all the things done. So yeah, is this, is this serving you? Yeah. We often think of busy as being like, an honor or like, we're doing a really good job because we're so busy, you know? And so, yeah, just letting that go and reminding ourselves, like do the things that actually are purposeful to you and meaningful to you and bring you joy and happiness and 
connection with your family, right? Yeah. And I was forgetting to do, I was forgetting to do all that because I was too busy (laughs) and and it makes a difference. So I'm trying to be less busy, but (laughs) I know it's, it's just practice. I have, I have lots of weeks where I'm like, man, I just ran around a lot, even though like for so long, I've been trying to live this life that just feels like less. And it's just, it's, it's society too. It's kind of how we're trained, right. That, that we do all the things, put our kids in all the things and, and just keep everything together or at least appear like we're keeping it all together in public. Right. Yes, exactly. (laughs) And I, and I feel like, I don't know about you, but I feel like I was raised to work first, play later. Like you get your homework done and then you go play or like whatever that messaging was when I was a kid. So now I'm always like, there's things to do. I can't stop and play. And my husband's just like, play first, work later. <laughs> and I'm just like, ah. Positive parenting. Go yeah, at that exactly. conversation. No judgment. <laughs> so where can we learn more about you, um, about your book and your class and all of those things? Yeah, sure. Um, my book is called the positive parenting framework. Um, all of it, you can, all the links are at my website, uh, parentingwithlindsay.com. And I also have a free training on how to get your kids to listen without yelling threats or bribes that's there as well. So, um, the website is the best parenting with Lindsay and, um, my uh, Instagram, you can come send me a DM. We can chat, um, as well. It's at, at parenting with Lindsay. So super simple. Awesome. Well, I'll make sure to link to all those things in the show notes and Lindsay, I appreciate your time so much today. I know that you've got a million other things going. And so I appreciate that you came on to teach, teach my audience. And I'm sure that they're going to come over and learn a bunch from you. And I am going to take away tons. That's, I always tell my listeners that's selfishly why I actually do this podcast is so that I can, I can learn from all the people I want to learn from. So I just appreciate you so much. Uh, Thank you so much for having me. I've really enjoyed this conversation. All right. Well, I hope you enjoyed this week's content. I know I enjoyed Lindsay and the conversation that we have. And like always, I just hope that you find one or two things you can take away from this, put into action and see how they work for you and then come back for more when you're ready for it. Don't try to implement everything at once and never, ever, ever let the things you hear on here make you feel like you're not doing a good job because you are doing a good job. And we just are continuing to learn as we parent and as we go through this, this crazy life of ours, right? So enjoy this week. I hope you have a blessed week. I cannot wait to talk to you next week. Thank you for joining me on the Simple Home Podcast this week. It truly is a blessing to have you here. If you've been enjoying this podcast and found encouragement here, can you take a moment to leave a rating and a review on iTunes? This is how podcasts grow and how they reach larger audiences. And I am so thankful to get to work with so many women and spread this message. So if you have a moment, head to iTunes and leave a rating and a review. I love to read what you have to say, and I might just spotlight you on an upcoming episode. Also, if you think a friend could use this kind of encouragement, go ahead and share it with them. Tell them about the podcast. Tag me on Instagram with a picture of you listening. Whatever we can do to encourage more women to live differently. Thank you so much for listening, and I will talk to you next week.